Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, the remarkable story of two friends and how they discovered they've shared dozens of past lives together. I saw Carla off on the side of the alley watching, and she was dressed like a flapper. And then suddenly I felt a thud on my chest. I felt all sorts of pressure. I fell backwards. I realized I'd been shot by these men. Everything went black. I actually fell out of my bed, hit the table and knocked it over and was laying on the floor thinking, oh my God, did I just really get shot? If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month. Plus, access to my back catalog of episodes. That's over 350 episodes. To subscribe, just go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Get Access to Premium Episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday. Dr. David Bettenhausen and Carla Bogney-Kidd have been close friends since 1998. Feeling a deeper spiritual kinship for each other, Dave and Carla underwent past life regression therapy and discovered that the two of them shared at least 29 past lives throughout time. Now Dave and Carla spread the message of love and kindness and teach holistic approaches towards healing. They even teach meditation at their local university and senior centers. Dr. Dave serves as the vice president of medical affairs at a small Midwestern hospital and conducts his own private practice as a registered nurse. Carla works as his office manager. The two of them serve to help other people, and it's what drives them and keeps their lives satisfied. David and Carla, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? We're doing great. 
Nice to meet you, Richard. Nice to meet you, Richard. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. So you, you've been friends since 1998, and then, of course, you discovered that you've actually shared past lives together, 29 past lives. So let's start, yeah. I guess, at the beginning. First, how did you meet? And secondly, how did you figure out that you'd been um, on this cosmic karmic wheel for 29 previous incarnations? Well, Richard, it, it, we actually met in 1998. Um, I had finished my residency in Ohio. Um, I'm a podiatrist, so I had just gotten done. And I was introduced over the phone to another doctor getting ready to retire and sell his practice. And that's really how this started. Carla's husband, Tom, was actually the uh, podiatrist selling his practice, and she became my office manager. And that sort of started the journey. Carla, I'll let you kind of take it from there for a minute. So, Richard, uh, in 2014, we had implemented um, electronic medical records. And up until that point, Dave is really like, Fred Flintstone or Bernie, he's happy-go-lucky, um, always funny, um, always approachable. But with electronic medical records, he was so stressed to the max, we all were, and one day I just said, you know, do you want to try meditation? And I said either that or let's call a counselor for you and see if we can get you out of your depression. I was his office manager, and he said, well, all right, let's try meditation. So we did. And so I, we, we started to meditate every day. It was relaxing. It was comfortable. It seemed to help because this electronic medical record thing had started to make my days 14 hours long. Certainly they got better over time, but it was absolutely horrible. And I think I might have been becoming just a little grouchy. I don't know. A lot grouchy. Okay, a lot grouchy. And... So we started to meditate, and it was relaxing. And then one day while I was meditating, I had a memory of being on a beach with my family. Um, it was a memory I had from 1962. My father was in grad school. My mother, sister, and I all drove to Boston. And Carla had lived in Boston before, and she didn't really realize that I had ever been in Boston. So when I said I had a memory of Boston, that I had never talked about it before, she said, w when did you live in Boston? And so <laughs> I was trying to explain, excuse me, I was trying to explain to her that my father was in grad school. We drove across the country. We went there. And I said, and then I went to this beach, and I was a three-year-old. And so having even the memory at all, was interesting to me, but I went to the beach and I was explaining the Ferris wheel and the roller coaster and running on the beach. And she said, well, that's Revere Beach. And I said, well, I, I don't know what Revere Beach is, but it was a, you know, a fun place. And I was a kid and I was running. And so I explained to her that, you know, we'd driven all the way from Nebraska. I was running in the sand screaming, enjoying myself, when I heard this little voice yell, be quiet, you're disturbing my family. And then this little girl came over, 
shoved me backwards. I fell in the sand. She sat on my chest, planted a kiss on my forehead, jumped up, put her hands on both hips. She looked at me with this angry little scowl on her face, and she had this two-piece blue bathing suit with ruffles, and her little pot belly was kind of hanging over the ruffles. Okay. No, oh, sorry. <laughs> and I heard her mother yell, Carla, this is not how a young lady behaves. Yes, it was me. Ah. Now, wait a second. Dave, was that a memory that you had held on to and, knew, and, re, and recalled, or was that only uh, coming to you while you were in this deep meditative state? It, was, it really happened while I was in meditation. I mean, I knew we had gone to Boston. I had little memories of that day because we packed up and had those old green suitcases, and I remember driving, and I remember the uh, student housing that we lived in, but I don't think I really had remembered the beach until the day I was meditating. And you don't remember the encounter with the the little girl in the... Uh the blue Not bikini. until I was meditating. Yeah, it was. Oh. That's why it was so strange. And and then Carla could tell you about. So I'm telling her this memory, and then Carla tells me. Well, I remember that day, and I always will because my family was not well off. Um, we had taken two cabs to the the beach that day to Revere. It took um, two cabs to carry all seven of us. There were five kids and my parents. And my parents were on again, off again, um, always separating, getting back together, a good Catholic family, but they were trying to keep it together and it wasn't working. So we were together, and as we arrived, for some reason, I did not have a bathing suit. Now, normally I would have inherited one from one of my four sisters uh, since I was the baby, but we didn't have one. So all seven of us walked across the the street to where the souvenir shops were, and my parents, who really could not afford to do this, bought me my first two-piece blue ruffled bathing suit. It's etched in my mind. I could draw it all on paper today. That's how vivid it is. I was four years old. I remember my sister whining because she wasn't getting a bathing suit, my older sister whining because she wasn't with her friends. So when Dave said this, we, uh, I mean, a chill went up my back, and my sister Paula also worked in the office with us. And we were like, <laughs> I've got a oh chill going gosh. up my back. Never mind your back. I've got one up my back. <laughs> I know. It was like, oh, my God, how could you know that? And, you know. And do you remember, do kid- you remember um, outside of the, you know, the, the, the meditation, do you remember that encounter with that little boy as well? Only that there was a little boy. Now, I didn't remember any of those things until um, maybe three years later, I went in and had regression. And it, you know, it's, I don't know if you've ever had past life regression, but I went through the whole thing, and it was amazing. And it was Dave, and I could see our parents standing there talking. Um, I could hear my sisters. Um, Yeah, it was just, it was amazing. I've witnessed uh, dozens of past life regressions. I've I've had them performed on my on various radio shows on coast to coast on my weekly radio show. I've never undergone undergone one personally. However, as I say, I've witnessed them. There's something definitely very powerful happening. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. It's, but, it's 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 really amazing. Now, so okay, so you. I mean, this. 
I have a friend actually uh, who um, married his uh, his current wife very late in life. He was in his sixties; she was in her late sixties. And uh, when they got to know each other and were starting to share childhood memories, they they actually were able to piece together that they had had an encounter at one of the big parks here in Toronto, Hyde Park, in, wow. um, in sorry, High Park, um, when they were t- small children. And then they realized, oh, that was you. So, I mean, that's it's one thing to have that in your present incarnation. Yeah. But so from how did you go from that remarkable, you know, uh, encounter to realizing that you had shared past lives together? Well, we we did not keep in touch, obviously. That was it until 36 years passed, and he walked into my living room. And again, I felt comfortable with him, and but I didn't recognize him. I just knew we were like brother and sister. Yeah, so if we skip ahead from that point, another 16 years before we had this sort of meditation experience, uh, you know, we kept meditating. We saw bright lights and colors, and I started to see some objects, and we really didn't know what it was because I had seen this gold dome in Boston, and Carla showed me a picture on the computer, and I said, yes, I've seen that dome somewhere, but I had no idea it was from back in 1962. But we kept meditating, and we kept seeing these things. I saw this great stone monument, and Carla showed me a picture because Tom and Carla had been to the Mayan area one time, and it was one of the monuments down at uh, one of the Mayan temples. And I thought, well, this is strange. Why am I seeing Mayan temples and gold domes and stuff while meditating? And so one evening I was actually sleeping, and we kept doing this meditation because it was so great. And I suddenly whether it's not quite like a dream, but I saw myself standing in a dark alley. There were men surrounded by me. I saw Carla off on the side of the alley watching. Now, I knew it was Carla because of her steel blue eyes, but she she didn't look exactly like Carla. She was kind of blondish and, and smaller, but she was, you know, 20 years old or 21 years old. and Much younger. Much younger. And she was dressed like a flapper. And then suddenly I felt a thud on my chest. I felt all sorts of pressure. I fell backwards. I realized I'd been shot by these men. Everything went black. I actually fell out of my bed, hit the table, and knocked it over and was laying on the floor thinking, oh, my God, did I just really get shot? And so I kept meditating. And the next day I got all these strange details and about this life. And I learned that this young flapper's name was Ruby, and my name had been Jonathan. When I got to the office, I started to tell Carla about these things. And over the next couple months, I got details about this life in 1920. I found out that Ruby's name was Ruby Donaldson. She was born in Bullock, Georgia. We found out there was a mobster named Angelo that she was working for. In Chicago. In Chicago. And apparently, at that mobster's wedding, Ruby and J.J. had met for the first time. Mm. Remarkable. And so it was already, already strange for us. Right. Now, now, Carla, 
what's happening with you? Are you, because Dave is doing this meditation, mm-hmm. wh- what is your, uh, at this point, what is your experience with reincarnation or past life regression therapy? Anything at all? Well, at that time, nothing. Um, at the time, I had meditated years ago, but again, I had that Catholic upbringing and I was always told that you shouldn't meditate because you could conjure something up. And I didn't believe it, but I got away from meditation. But during this time, when we were meditating religiously, um, no pun intended, I, um, I would see colors and movement. And I wasn't to the point where Dave was of seeing objects or anything. I, I see that now. I see faces and objects. But at that time, I did not. I was new to it. That particular day when he called and told me he had all those details, I was off work. So, of course, what did I do? I got on to Ancestry.com, and didn't I find Ruby Donaldson, born in 1904 in Bullock, Georgia, one of 11 children born to James and Anna Donaldson. Um, I did find a mobster named Angelo Jenna from Chicago, and he was actually the head mobster right before Al Capone. I had never heard that name. And we also found um, an article from a newspaper from Angelo Jenna's wedding that corroborated the fact that he had been married on January the 10th, 1925, to this Lucille Spagnola. And the picture was their wedding cake because it served 3,000 people and it was about 10 feet tall. So I called Dave at the office right away and I told him everything and we were stunned. Now, when when he's telling you this, uh, did any of what he was saying about this Ruby Donaldson, did, I mean, when you thought back, oh, I, I used to have strange dreams about being a flapper or anything like that, did anything sort of bleed through your consciousness regarding that? Well, you'll find this funny. Twice in my adult years, uh, once to a costume party and once to um, a mystery dinner, I dressed up as a blonde flapper. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Isn't that interesting? Of all the things I could have chosen, that's what I chose. And so if if this makes sense, there was one day where we got a little bit more of the story, and I came in after meditating, and uh, I said, Carla, you've got to sit down here. It's even more vivid. Last night while I was meditating, I lived through part of this story in 1925, I, and so I started to tell Carla the story. And as I'm telling her the story, I literally felt as if I became J.J. And as I'm talking to her, I'm explaining, I'm talking about the conversation that I remember, and as I'm having the conversation, Carla starts to finish my sentences. And she remembers, and she's talking the same language. She talks like Ruby. She's finishing my sentences. And at, at that moment, I was like, okay. So now we have this memory from 1962 that we didn't remember in this life. And then we met again because there's some sort of draw. And now there's this life in 1925, before we're even born, that we both remember. And we're both talking about like it's today. And actually, it became kind of a almost a strange moment. Because, Very uncomfortable. Because as we're talking and she's finishing the sentence, 
you know, Carl is married to Tom, and I'm having this conversation that's emotional, and she knows the answers already, and she's answering because we had met breakfast, went for a walk in Chicago, and she knew already details. the conversation and the details. So right after that conversation, because we both felt uncomfortable because it became emotionally charged, we actually both jumped up and ran down the hall and started working the impatience. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, what, was, you're married sorry. at this point, uh Carla, what? And Dave was too. And you're yeah. both yes. I mean, how, did your did your spouses know about this connection? Yes, actually. Um, and what's interesting is that we have found Tom like in sixteen of our lives. We have all exchanged roles. Tom's been my husband several times. He's been my father. In fact, James Donaldson was Ruby's father, and that's Tom. Um. And so we have been in each other's lives many, many times. Tom has been Dave's brother. Um, he's been his father. They've been co-workers in different lives. And we find that our same family mates, as we call them, like my sister and another girl that worked in the office, we have traveled in lives over and over and over again. And and if I may ask, uh, are you? what is your re- relationship with your with Tom now and, and Dave with... Oh, he- um, Tom sitting in the next room watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, my wife couldn't really handle any of these discussions, and we were already having trouble back in the electronic medical record, and I was divorced shortly after all this started, so she really hasn't had any any influence in it at all. Ah, and Carla, but are you still with? Are you still married? Are you still married with Tom? Or um, yes. for, you yes. are okay. And and he's fine with all of this. Yes. Has he undergone We've a regression? Been things. Pardon? Has Tom undergone oh. a regression? Um, we have tried to regress Tom because um, I regress Dave. He, he's a very easy subject because of his gift. You're easy, um, Dave. Did you hear that? I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but Tom actually just in the past several months, has began to meditate religiously. And he's seeing colors and faces, and he has things that he asks us about afterwards. So he's very much on board. More of my conversation with Carla and Dave when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Time once again to say hello to Colleen Forgus, our nutritional therapist and the manager at Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary. Colleen, hello once again. How are you doing? Howdy, Richard. I'm doing great. Terrific. You know, as we get older, one of the first things that goes is our memory. Do you have anything at the Full Script Dispensary to help boost our memory? I do. It's actually called Brain Memory. It's by Douglas Labs. 
and this product is designed to support a healthy brain function by improving our production of acetylcholine, which helps to make sure that we have a sharp and um, good memory. Acetylcholine? Yeah, that's right. It's one of the main components of keeping our brain sharp. Terrific. Brain memory. All right, Colleen, I'll remember that. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. To get your bottle of brain memory, go to strangeplanet.ca, then click on the full script dispensary button. Remember, all orders receive 10% off, and orders of $50 or more ship absolutely free. These products have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider. In another reality, Richard is a very strong and handsome man. Just not in our reality. Although I heard somebody passing him in the hall the other day, and it was, good, good, a handsome man Richard is. I made that up. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Dr. David Bettenhausen and Carla Bogney Kidd are here. I do want to explore another one of your past lives together in a moment, time allowing, but I do want to talk generally about reincarnation and karma and how that all works. And you talk about the five simple rules regarding karma. Can we go through those? Certainly. Absolutely. I guess I've got to jump in and just introduce a few other little characters real quick so that it kind of makes sense. One of the days while meditating, and actually one of the very first days, I came out from meditating and I said, Carla, you may think this is really strange, but I think I talked to your mother. And her mother had died 20 years before and I had never met her. And I said she was happy-go-lucky. She kind of reminded you from a side view and her eyelashes and stuff looked like yours. And she showed me a shoe. And Carla went to the computer and brought up 60 shoes on the computer and said, can you tell me what shoe it is? And I pointed and Carla said, well, that's the shoe my mother wore as a ballroom dancer. So first, there's a, I, I met Carla's mother, and, and I have spoken with her a few times. A few days later, I met another woman while meditating, and her name was Isabella. And I found out that Isabella is my spirit guide, and she's kind of helped guide on some of this journey. And a few days later, we met Elizabeth, which is Carla's spirit guide, and of course, our book, The Gift of Past Lives with Mother Isabella, God, and Elizabeth, is kind of part of that because we've met Mother Isabella, God, and Elizabeth while doing meditation. So I think your question was about the five simple rules. Right. And this was one of those lessons from Isabella. And Isabella said, you know, the world has been so confused for so long. There are so many laws, rules, religion rules, everything. I'm going to tell you the five simplest rules. And they're all related to karma. Karma, good karma sort of brings you closer to God. That negative karma brings you away farther from God. And she says, when you make any decision, if you make a decision that's conceited, selfish, or jealous, or unforgiving, it makes you farther from God. And if you make a decision based on love, that karma brings you closer to God. And those were the five simple rules. Avoid conceit, selfishness, jealousy, always be forgiving, and always love. So that's where the five simple rules, it was a lesson from, from Isabella straight to this is how you're supposed to live your life. Right. And everything so, else, all the other choices we make, really do spin off of conceit, jealousy, selfishness, and unforgiveness. So if we look at it, like, let's say you have two piggy banks, and in one piggy bank, the, 
the good karma coins go in the good karma piggy bank and then the bad coins, again, when you make a decision not based in love or compassion, goes in the bad karma piggy bank. At the end of your present incarnation, if there are more coins in the bad karma bank, does that mean that you reincarnate again to learn those lessons? And if and if you have more coins in the good karma piggy bank, then what happens? Well, there's sort of a couple things there. So if you still have lessons to learn, so if you, if you had all of your coins in the good karma bank, you would not have to reincarnate and you would be done. So your, the goal is sort of try to slowly move all of them into the good karma bank. So if you still have lessons to learn, you're still going to return. You're still going to work through those lessons. It's sort of until you get that good karma bank empty and you've learned all the lessons. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And so when you met Carla's mother, she's not on this plane of existence, so she's moved on, right? She's not in car- reincarnating any longer. Is that right? Well, when we met her, she was unsure. She was actually doing a job, two jobs. She was our gatekeeper, which means she keeps negative souls waiting to reincarnate from speaking with us, unless she thinks it's valuable. The other job she does is Through your lifetimes, you accumulate pets, dogs, cats, horses, and all your lives, if you can imagine going all the way back. And she was the caretaker over all of those animals. And through that, what she learned was that love from animals is unconditional. And the reason that God gave her that job was my parents were divorced eventually, and she left my father for several years and then came back and got us. And God thought she needed to learn the difference between, you know, what your children need and what you need and when you get to walk away. So she learned that lesson. And one day, after maybe a year or two into this, she told us that God had given her the opportunity and said, you do not have to come back. You you have learned the lesson. You understand it. And she said, but how can I leave my children? Mm. So... So that's the valuable lesson. She left the children before once, and this time, while she's sort of being our gatekeeper, keeping people, keeping bad or negative spirits sort of from talking to us, she said, I don't think I can give up this job, and God said, it's really okay. Cindy, you've really learned what you need to learn. And he allowed her to stay as our gatekeeper. Yeah. So I still get to talk to her. Right, right. Now, 29 past lives together. Share, share another one. We talked about uh, Ruby and, and uh, your time together in the 20s. Can you share another, maybe going back further? I, I, I will share sort of a little story. Uh, again, I told you that I, I got divorced, and my sister had called and said, you know, we're going to go on this trip to England. Would you like to go on the family vacation with, my fam- with the family? And I said, well, sure, that sounds like a great way to, to get over some of this stuff. And so I went on a trip to England, Scotland, and Wales with my sister, brother-in-law, and, and niece. And the very first day I, I, I arrived there, we jumped off the plane and dropped off our bags, and we went to the Museum of London. And I'm walking into the Museum of London, and I'm standing there, and I'm in front of this bust of Ramesses II. All of a sudden, I'm standing there, and I, and I really kind of zone out, and I suddenly heard and felt the hammering of the stone and realized I had actually chiseled this bust. In 1250, 
B.C. And so I'm standing there and realize while I'm doing that, this parts of this life start going right before my eyes. And I actually again see Carla with much darker skin, still steel blue eyes. I'm this stonecutter. Her father is actually a slave master. It's Tom. Which is Tom, which is interesting. And I am actually being moved from Memphis to the Valley of the Kings to work on the the, the uh, Tomb. tombs of Ramesses II. Carla's name was actually Carlis, and my name was to do. So I'm like, okay, here's another memory of another past life. And during the same vacation, I took an, a little side trip away from my sister, and we drove, and I got on a, a bus and drove out to the Cotswolds area of England. We were heading towards Stonehenge, and I wanted to see it. When I got out there, I remembered a life where my name was Robert. And yes, I was married to Sarah, who happened to be Carla. I remembered this life um, and some of the details of the life. And the next day, our tour took us through, and we went to Bristol. And in Bristol, England, it used to be an important seaport in the 1600s. And I was standing there looking at where the port used to be in the 1600s, and there was this old boat sitting there. And I'm standing there, and suddenly the sails in this boat start to billow. Again, I kind of forget what everything's around me. I heard the bustle of the, the busy docks. Then I became really emotional, and so I'm going to just read a little one blip from from the book. Sure. I stood there alone with my eyes closed. I was back in the 1600s, standing on a boat that was taking me to America. I thought to myself, my wife Sarah will not be making this trip with me, and a tear ran down my cheek. There is no reason to open my eyes, I thought. Sarah's in my heart. There's no reason to look back. Sarah is not there. And there's no reason to look forward. She is not there either. And then I actually had another tear in my eye, and I wished I could explain to Carla what I just saw. Yes, because I'm laying at home, by the way, on the couch with three fractured bones, just having recovery surgery. Mm. And, and I'm all the way across the world, and I can't fill her in on the stories. Right, right. Uh, so, 29 lives together so far. Uh, do you think there are others that you haven't yet uncovered? No, we have them all. You have yep. them all. I, I've actually found 42 different lives. And 42. I have 34. Yep, dating back about 6,000 years. And in 29 in which you've, you've been together, uh, have you been always husband and wife? Um, nope, actually, uh, she has been my sister. She's been my mother a couple times. Uh, certainly, she's been my wife and had a uh, or uh, some sort of uh, emotional attachment. A couple times, she's been a neighbor, um, but she's there very, very frequently. There's a life where I met her when she was ten years old, and then she moved away. Um, some of those kind of lives, but many of them, uh, we have been husband and wife, and we have a life in Rome where in the 1500s where we married young and lived out to 80 years old or some such thing. Uh, so all of those memories, as as we were getting them, we were writing them down. Journals and journals. Journals and journals of everything that 
Isabella told us all the past lives. Um, one of the reasons we finally wrote the book, The Gift of Past Lives, is because we had pages and pages of stuff, and we thought, we've got to explain this to somebody. Mm-hmm. And there's actually, 21 of our lives in the first book, and there's seven of our lives in the second book. That's upcoming uh, Hell No Reincarnation with Mother yes, Isabella, right. God, and Elizabeth. Out now. Oh, it is out. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, it just came out. So what's the lesson here? I mean, you've been through all of these incarnations, 42 for you, Dave. I think you said 34, Carla. What is the lesson yet to be learned? Well, I know what mine is. (laughs) It seems to follow me in all my lives. It's patience. And I think the lesson for everyone is that love is really the answer. This is what we've been told, Richard, is that And one of the lessons that's also in the book, that there is no hell, and that we really have a very loving God who is much like a loving parent who gives you chance after chance after chance to get it right. And when you finally do get it all right, he invites you back home to heaven, or she. Uh, We've actually learned that God is both male and female, too, by the way. But, um, yay! (laughs) But, you know, the real thing is we're given this free will when we come back in this world, which means that we make lots of mistakes. Because, But the reality is we have to be given free will, because without free will, you cannot choose to love. And if you don't choose to love, it's not really love. So do you think this is your, your last go-round, shall we say, the last dance before you... you, you, you get off this uh, cosmic wheel? Oh, I hope so. Yeah, sometimes I, yes, I think I hope so too. Do you have an in where you can ask for it? (laughs) So what happens in between, what happens in between lives? You know, again, it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, When you talk about past life regression, which we really haven't talked about, because most of our experiences happened before we ever got trained in past life regression. Past life regression near-death experiences, spontaneous memories of reincarnation, all seem to have sort of a, a series of things that happen. And what we learned is that there is a time between lives where you go through a past life review. It's interesting that those who have had NDEs, a lot of times will report that they have a past life review. Um, I know regressing people, we find out they sometimes go through a past life review. And so what really happens in this past life review is you go through your past life or past lives, and again, counsel talks to you. Explain who counsel is, Dave. Counsel is a group of souls that have already completed their path, so who are specifically chosen by God to teach you. It's really not as much punishment as you think. It's to teach you what you did wrong. Now, you do have to live through and see what you did to other people and feel the pain they may have felt so that you develop some compassion. And I'm going to give you an example um, because I, I got to witness my own father's atonement when he passed away. And in a past life, my father was a slave trader, and his name was Horatio Valenti. He stole and separated families, 
and sold them as slaves. So he broke up children and wives and husbands, chained them into the hull of his boat, and shipped them to the Isle of Bermuda in the 1600s. Later, he had another life where his wife died during childbirth, and his daughter was abducted. And murdered. And murdered. To see what it felt like to be to separate families and have them separated. And in this life, it's really interesting because my father was really a wonderful man. He was a high school principal. He really cared about the students. At his funeral, hundreds of kids came up and were giving me stories that I never knew. He came in at 7 in the morning with troubled kids and helped them study. He got kids jobs. He did lots of wonderful things. But at the end of his life, he spent almost 20 years chained in a wheelchair because of Parkinson's. Ah. So if you can kind of see, there's a, there's a lesson there that people learn that they had to return and, and, and go through. And again, my dad was never bitter in the wheelchair. Sometimes that mask of Parkinson's where they can't really express themselves. I would watch dad try to do a fake smile when he was trying to laugh. Um, he, he really became still a, a beautiful man, even trying to survive the time in, in the wheelchair, which he was diagnosed at 50 and was still alive at, at 80 something, still you know, in the wheelchair. And he never was bitter, never unhappy, kept having that positive attitude, still trying to do stuff for the kids. So again, it's not necessarily what you're dealt in this life, Though you may have to feel what it felt, but you put somebody else to, it's really how you deal with what you're dealt with and how you make choices that are not conceited, selfish, jealousy, and, and unforgiving. The Gift of Past Lives with Mother Isabella, God, and Elizabeth, and uh, just out re- re- released recently, Hell No Reincarnation with Mother Isabella, God, and Elizabeth. And how do we get a hold of these two books? Uh, they're available on Amazon.com. Um, and Barnes and & Noble. And Barnes and & Noble and, and Walmart.com. They're actually available in uh, a Libras, which is a something over in Europe, and uh, also in India.com or Amazon.India. Uh, Amazon Japan, Amazon Canada. Yeah. Most of the Amazons. And uh, I've also um, posted the uh, the link to those uh, books in uh, the episode notes as well as the website of thegiftofpastlives.com. You can just click on either Dave or Carla's name in the episode notes, and that'll take you there as well. David, Carla, what a great pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll have to do this again. I know we didn't get into past life regressive uh, therapy. I've done a number of uh, podcasts and radio programs on that over the years, but uh, I'd love to get your take on it uh, on a future episode. Thank you. Well, that would be love fantastic. To. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a few moments to tell you a little bit about an upcoming episode. 
One tablespoon of ESS60 from C60 Evo helps keep me pain-free, energized, and mentally focused. And I'm sleeping so much better since I started taking ESS60 back in November. ESS60 is the consumable form of C60, the miracle molecule discovered by Nobel Prize winning chemists in the 1990s. ESS60 is a mega antioxidant, 172 times more powerful than vitamin C. Check out the Paris study, a peer-reviewed scientific study online, where ESS60 suspended in olive oil was fed to rats. The rats fed ESS60 lived almost twice their normal lifespan. I can't sit here and tell you I'm going to live to be 112, but I'm 56 and I haven't felt this youthful, energized, and pain-free since I was in my 20s. ESS60 from C60 Evo. If you want to discover the benefits of this amazing miracle molecule for yourself, go to the episode notes for this podcast and click on the link for c60evo.com. And don't forget to use the code RS1SPEC when ordering and you'll receive an additional 5% off. ESS60, the miracle molecule from C60 Evo. It's changed my life discover what it can do for you. This product has not been evaluated by the FDA and is not intended to cure, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider. Coming up next time, the life, legacy, and assassination of Malcolm X. Whether the Nation of Islam actually pulled the trigger is kind of almost not the point. The point is how were they enabled to be able to pull this off and how were the people who were framed, if they were framed, well they weren't framed by lawyers from the Nation of Islam. So this had to go higher up than that. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.